Well, hello and welcome to this first ever edition of the Rigori Italian Football Podcast. For those of you old enough to remember, this is the same team who brought you the UK's biggest and best cultural fanzine just 30 years ago. Uh, for those who don't even know what a fanzine is, that's what people with too much time on their hands used to do before the internet existed. I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi, I've been a Football Italian writer for three decades now. I'm joined by my cousin, Marco Rinaldi, who I think I can safely say is Britain's best-known Venezia expert, to look back on the weekend and say, yeah, I'm a Fiorentina fan, just to get that clear from the start. So it's been a pretty miserable weekend for both of us. Marco, who had the worst weekend? Uh, hi, everyone. Um, I think it was definitely... I I'm going to take that prize, because while... You guys uh, lost to Lazio, and okay, we lost to a title contender. We are now in the relegation zone, and we've not won in eight, nine, ten games, something like that. Something we're on a horrendous run, anyway. Um, so yeah, it's it's not looking good, especially with the other results, because the teams below us seem to and around us seem to suddenly be starting to find some form. Annoyingly, I, I didn't want to kick a man whilst he's down, but I mean, not many people had Sampdoria to cuff Sassuolo four no. nil and Cagliari to beat Atalanta in their coupon this weekend. And, you, no. and usually, Marco, I mean. People that don't know you so well might not know that you've always got something to complain about after a Venezia mm -hmm. defeat. Um, now I, I watched the game and I, I thought it was a pretty even game, really. I mean, it was there was certainly one moment of brilliance. The the header was immense. Header was was yeah. was pretty impressive. But you know, I thought you held your own for most of the game, and then late in the late in the day, obviously, players saw a red card. Now that went to VAR, and I thought. I thought it looked like a fairly clear red card, but you seem to have some dispute with that. I mean, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna preface what I say here by saying that I think the refereeing in Italy is atrocious and it has been all season. But um, yeah, okay, I can see why it was a red card, but it was also to me it could have been a yellow. It's not like it was a. a uh, you know, a malicious challenge or anything. He he sort of lost control of the ball and stuck his foot in. And yeah, he did catch him on the shin. So I can see why it's been given as a raid. But it's one of those ones where I'm thinking a, a yellow and a talking to and did VAR need to get involved? Th that's but what I was. It, it was at the end of the game. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't change the result, but it does harm us for the game, the games coming up, unfortunately, because he's our only right back. It's it certainly. It was one of those ones where. I mean, because I, I watched it live and then I watched it and it looked a lot worse in slow motion than it did at yeah. normal speed. At normal speed, it looked like it was on Dries Mertens so just for, and, and um, he kind of went over the top of the ball, caught his shin, as I say. And it, it looked honestly like he just he'd misjudged it in normal yeah. time. He'd stretched out a bit too far. But I think sometimes when it goes to VAR, you knew when he went to the camera. Yeah. I'm yeah. surprised the player didn't yeah. start walking off because uh, you knew his, his legs sort of bent backwards and you thought, oh no, this, this doesn't look good. I mean, Mertens was absolutely fine after it, so, you know, and 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 so as I say, watching it again, 
I think you sometimes get that where these ones that look worse in slow motion than they do in than they do in real time. But as you say, regardless of that, it's it's not great for Venezia. The other the other results, and then as we speak, there's still the game of Salernitana Spezia to be played. I mean, what what result? What result suits you in that? None. Well, I suppose my view is I want to bury some teams, so I think probably get get. Salernitana buried would be a good thing. Um, <laughs> a few people have good sporting sentiment. There. Yeah, well, I, there's no sportingness for me on this on this front. Um, I, I'd be quite happy if they lost all their games. Sorry if you're a Salernitana fan, but um, and also we've got our game in hand against Salernitana when they didn't bother to turn up. Uh, but the the again the Italian FA are covering themselves in glory by continuing to not make a decision on that. Um, so, yeah, it, it would be good if they could lose just so that, you know, there's one team that's definitely going down and it gives, it's only two spots we need to worry about at that point. Um, but I don't know, today was frustrating because we played, you know, as we always do, we played quite well. We, as you say, held our own largely. Aussie men's header was a good header, not a lot you could do about it, but we just are so toothless in attack that, it's it's been the problem all season and it's difficult to see what the solution is although one of the solutions would be to maybe start our most creative player rather than Dennis Johnson who hasn't been great all season i mean it, it, just to move on from your misery let's turn to let's turn to mine now and uh, i don't know if you watched the Fiorentina take on Lazio but that that was a a game of nothing much in the in the first half, really. Fiorentina fans were very excited to see the man they call King Arthur, Arthur Cabral, but he was uh, he was certainly dethroned on <laughs> on Saturday night because um, he had he had one good header on goal in the in the first half, but then after a pretty balanced first half, Fiorentina went into they only seem to have two modes this season. They're sort of all conquering or total disaster Fiorentina and they went to they switched to total disaster Fiorentina in the in the second half. The the it was an odd choice. I mean everybody we've rightly lauded Vincenzo Italiano for for making us exciting this season. But it felt an odd choice to put Callejon up front alongside uh, our new man and and Ricardo Sotil in the attack and so it proved to be and, and also he chops and changes the centre defenders every game. I don't think they've played the yeah. game too. And and Nastasic was certainly certainly struggled. Milenkovic a good rock solid defender. But then Lazio just had great fun after that. Milenkovic Savic was brilliant. Immobile, one of your favourite players, took his chance really well. And and you know it was it was a I suppose it was a it, it was a key game for either side because Lazio with that win. You know, yeah. leapfrogged into leapfrogged into the the kind of Europa League places, and Fiorentina tumbled down. I mean, did, did you see much of that game, Marco? I, I I have to admit, I didn't see I didn't see that game, but um, it's it's funny. I I just I still can't get over how how much Chiro scores in the league when he's so useless at international level. I don't. I, I really don't understand the sort of Jekyll and Hyde nature of him. I, as you know, I, uh, I'm i not a fan of him at international level. But at the same time, I, 
if a player that scores that much, how can he not do it internationally? I'd suggest he doesn't play against Nastasic. Well, yeah, that's certainly something to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> every I mean the, the strength of the the, the space uh, that he got. I mean, to be fair, they're both decent defenders, I think. But just the, the space that he got, he, he, yeah. he actually did expertly muscle Nastasic off the ball, and then his finish was was beautiful. But it, it was clean through one on one with a goalkeeper. If you don't score those, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be playing in Serie A. But he did it. He did it really well. And it, it, it brought one of my bugbears of of Italian football or maybe world football at the moment to, to the fore as well though not that Lazio didn't particularly do this but it did the the five subs rule I, I feel mm-hmm. uh, gives an advantage to teams in terms of it's taken away some of the jeopardy of getting a yellow card because you can take off yeah. Lazio systematically took off Every single player, and they weren't particularly dirty but you know Sotil was up against Lazio at fullback and and eventually got lads that he booked and and you feel it, it would have been a different game yeah. if they couldn't have substitute whereas they could substitute him and, and do it and I've seen a few games this season where I think we're given we're given teams as I say I preface this and Lazio not one of these teams but we do give there are teams in Italy that like to do their kind of hacking mm-hmm. systematically and uh, it, it gives them a sort of charter to do it because they, they, they get away with it and then they, you can get, I mean, I think you could get something like 16 bookings in a game and not have someone saying off. So Absolutely. I, I, I think it actually as well even helps with a red card in a way because it lessens the impact of a red card if you're able to bring five fresh players on to the pitch. Whereas, you know, if you got someone sent off early on in the old in the old days, then that would give you a, a huge difficulty. But if you're organised and you've got five good subs on the bench that you can rotate, then your players aren't going to get as ta- get tired as much either. So, um, yeah, I think there is definitely a uh, it, it definitely helps a team who's who's prone to picking up cards. That's for it sure. does, and it, it probably helps the big teams yet again as, who didn't need who didn't need any help that that you know that they they got five great players to bring off the bench instead of yeah. instead of just three. So for a for a yeah. team like Venezia and Fiorentina really don't have that many great options. But you know, certainly the teams down the bottom it gives it gives like yet another advantage to the to the big boys, which uh, as you know is uh, as you'll find out anyway is something that irks both myself and and Marco over the time. They don't need the they don't need the help. And, Anyway, just to compound my my miserable weekend, then I, I switch on on um, Sunday night to watch Juventus play Verona, and uh, I, maybe you can see his name. The player who shall not be named <laughs> scores within <laughs> scores within uh, twenty yeah. minutes of, of his. Lavic. I mean, it, it was it was a nice finish as well. You have to say, um, and he he had an immediate. Imp- I mean, Juve tonight, I thought looked. Because I thought I think they've looked pretty awful for most of the season. Uh, probably get a lot of Juventino on my back for saying that, but um, they looked a different team really with both him and uh, uh, Zach, Zach uh, Zacharia, yeah. Zacharia, yeah. Um, in midfield, they they just looked a bit more dynamic and a, and they definitely looked more threatening up front, which I think has been a big problem for them. I, so I thought it woke yeah, up. It was a dream start. It woke yeah. up. Some of their other players, I think that was the yeah. biggest thing I noticed was suddenly Morata and even Rabio, who I, I've often mm-hmm. questioned 
what the point in Nidrian Rabiu is. Yeah. But he actually looked like a footballer tonight. I think I think that's maybe what they'll bring to it. I mean, certainly, you know, I, I, I can't really see his name. Vlaovic was very good for, for Fiorentina and he did have that almost, I mean, it's early in his career to compare him to Zlatan, but he's got that kind of eye of the tiger determination. Yeah. And I don't think... You know, he'll not accept, not, not a question of him going in as a young player and raising the bar at Juve because Juve's bar's high enough. But, you know, he's he's going to work hard. And I think G's up the rest of the players to say, you know, we'd better we'd better buck up our ideas here because, you know, this this boy's in and he means business. And so 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 the new signings all mm-hmm. looked like they meant better. And I say the rest, the rest seemed to be brought up a, brought up a notch. But enough about... Juventus anyway, because they yep. plenty to plenty of people talk about talk about them. There were a couple of other things I wanted to I wanted to talk to you about, and we might as well go to the other big game of the of the the weekend, which was the Milan derby, and it was a a curious game I thought because I mean my gut feeling is that Inter are a much stronger side and a much better overall team than the than Milan and yet you know and, and for a period it did look that way. It looked like it was going to be a derby without a story really. But then suddenly, out of not out of nothing, but you know, a couple of changes in the team, Milan managed to turn it on its head. And yeah. Olivier Giroud, um again, maybe a, a coupon buster for people, managed to pop up with, with two goals to turn round the derby. Now Marco, do you think is that a sign? You know, I mean, it was good for Serie A, makes the league exciting. But do, do yeah. you think it's a sign of a, a the, the lack of quality to Serie A that a player like that with the best will in the world, good good player, but you know, on towards the end of his career, and we've seen Ibrahimovic do it as well. Um, if these are players that are winning sort of one of our biggest games of the season, does it say that that Serie A is not? Not as as powerful as we might hope. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on annoying fans of big teams by saying that I'm I'm pretty astonished that Milan are even challenging for the title this season. To be honest, because I I think like Giroud, yeah, he's okay, but he is like you say, old, and he wouldn't be getting a game in England for any of their top teams. Um, I, how are they? How are they challenging for the title? It doesn't say very much for the strength of the league to me, unfortunately. Yeah, they they did well to fight back against Inter, but Inter totally dominated them for at least an hour. I would say Manian kept them in the game with some great saves. But um, I think their strength or, or their ability to challenge for the league says a lot about the strength of Serie A at the moment, unfortunately. I mean, I th- because I just don't think that those players are... They're good. They're all good players, but they're not great players, a lot of them. And they wouldn't be starting in the top teams around Europe, most of them. So, yeah. I think I give... I, I do give um, Pioli a bit of credit for that fact that he's done quite well. You know I mean, I, I quite... In- liked him as a manager at Fiorentina and I think he's done quite well and they have they have suffered a fair bit with injuries as well to, yeah, they to have. give That's them true. to yeah. give them their, mm-hmm. their their fair dues. But you're right, I'm I'm certainly a bit of a Milan sceptic as well. When I look at the league table I'm surprised to see how high up how high up they are. But there you there you go, you know, I mean they're there and 
Giroud turned that game on its turn back. I, th- I thought actually the uh, Diaz, Brahim Diaz, when yeah. he came on, did make a difference, and maybe maybe Inter took their eye off the ball a bit. You know, they maybe they maybe ran out of steam. That's possible as well. But um, it certainly, as I say, it gave us excitement. And unfortunately, Napoli's win for you anyway keeps them right in the in the hunt as well. So we've got at no, least it, it uh, makes it for it's definitely an exciting league this year. There's no doubt about it. Um, I wish it was less exciting at the bottom, but um, but yeah, there is a question, and I think it shows itself in Europe that you know what does it say about the strength of the league as compared to the other? Yeah, top? we we'll see. I suppose we'll get the proof of the pudding. Will be well. We've already had the proof of some of that pudding. Mm-hmm. Some of them are already knocked out, but you know we'll get that in the Champions League again, probably. Where you know you feel Italian teams are just short of um, the, the other top leagues at the moment. I don't know. You know, Juve now have spent a lot of money. Maybe they can, um, yeah. they can come back into the reckoning because you know they've they were certainly underperforming. Uh, with the squad that they had, they've spent heavily um, to to improve it. So you know it, it won't be acceptable maybe this season to not do much in Europe. But you know next season certainly they'll be they'll be looking to they'll be looking to make a, an impact in Europe for sure. But globally, I think we know that you know the the big play. I mean, much as it irks me, I suppose it was it was it said something that Vlaovic at least stayed in stayed in, yeah, in Serie A. You know yeah. that, mm-hmm. see, that he had to go to Juve was a bit painful, but uh, but but there we go. Anyway, the last wee question for you, Marco, and this is more with an one eye on Italy's upcoming um, playoff games for for Qatar, and we're all. All Italian football fans are kind of waiting anxiously for those games, and we obviously lost um, Federico Chiesa in the uh, to injury, and so now we're looking for kind of a new a new hero. Now Balotelli got his call up to the to to the training camp, but another name that keeps getting thrown up was is Nicolo Zagnolo, and now he had a bad weekend this weekend again, and, and you know, do, do you think? A lot's been made of his temperament. Do you think it would be who would be more risky, Balotelli or Zaniolo, as our as our new hero, Marco? Uh, yeah, it's a it's a good question. I'll tell you who I would pick. It would be Balotelli every day of the week. But Zaniolo is a lot of potential to me, and not a lot of end product at the moment. Um, and at least Balotelli scoring goals again, and he has done it at the top level. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm a, I want Zaniolo to be good. I always want these young Italian players to be good, but I, I feel that they get so built up. And I know he's had, he in particular has had two terrible injuries, so that's obviously playing a big impact. But when I actually sit down and watch them, I'm, I'm often disappointed by how they don't. Some, you know, they're, they're. If you think back to the era, the golden era of Del Piero Totti. Baggio, you know, we don't have anyone like that. Chiesa's the one that is in that in that category, I suppose. But um, I feel that a lot of these young boys are built up too much, and, I, and Zaniolo has that other issue with his discipline as well, which is which is a potential problem as well. Although you, you remember, though, that and I think this will be the 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 key thing for him, like a lot of these boys. I mean, remember. 
Totti at the start of his career. Yeah, a lot absolutely, of people yeah. say I'm not comparing them, you know, different different gravy or whatever, but you know, nonetheless, he had problems with his temperament. Even the uh, Berardi, who's become a sort of staple of the national team, mm-hmm. Barella too. You know, some of them have that kind of temper in their locker, and it's how he deals with it going forward that will be the the making or breaking yeah. of his career. I guess is if he can learn to bite his tongue, because let's Italy is probably the only well, not the only country in the world, but certainly it's a country where you can follow a man round the pitch and kick him up in the air for ninety oh, yeah. minutes and not get a red card. But you see you get kicked for ninety minutes and you see something to the referee in the ninety third and you'll see you'll see red, you know, so it is a frustrating but you have to learn the same as Lucas Torreira for, for Fiorentina. you have to learn sometimes just to zip it and, and Totti by and large did that and what a what a career what a servant deadly he was yeah i mean i i mean for me yeah the the discipline is one thing and the the ability is the other and i, I suppose i'm thinking more you're right all of these young players or a lot of them do have issues with that and they can grow out of that and a good manager can get them to calm down and and, and use that anger in a different way i suppose um but for me if we're looking to the games in march I, I don't think Zaniolo should be starting, certainly. And I, I suppose he'll be in the squad, probably. But, I mean, he's not really done in anything that makes me think, or oh, really hope he's playing for Italy in, in March because he's too much... It, there's too much potential... He's too much on the potential side of the scale as opposed to the, the, the finished product side of the scale at the moment for me. Well, about if you were Mancini and it was a Zaniolo or Immobile... In your front three, Marco, who <laughs> who gets it then? Now you're putting me in a difficult position, there, aren't you? I don't know. That's it. That's it. I, I would, I, I, of course, I would go with Chino. I suppose, even though I curse him every time, but he does score a lot of goals. Like I say, so one, I always think one of these days it's going to happen for him in an Italy shirt. I think it will. I think it will. Anyway, on that positive note, I think we can we can draw this this first uh, episode to to a close. Thank you, Marco, for all your for all your insight and for uh, for getting over your your misery as I have done. To and. Can I just ask anyone, you know, the three listeners that listen to this podcast, um, if if there's uh, anything you want us to to discuss in the next episode, uh, any more big teams that you want me to piss off, then just just let us know. We'll be uh, either on Twitter. We're both on Twitter. That's probably the easiest way to do it. But yeah, um, we'd love to address some of those issues as well. Absolutely, we're here as, as your sounding board for the exactly for, for insulting for insulting the, <laughs> the big clubs and the and the big players. So you you heard it's very rich of a Venezia fan to, <laughs> to slag off these teams. Well, you know? it is, and a, and a Fiorentina fan doesn't speak in any in any great position of strength. But thanks for taking the time out, Marco. It's always a pleasure to have a have a blather with you. Cheers, Junkers.